Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who came, saw, and saw it again. Until they ran out of wood. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right. Guess what? What? It's show number 541. That's not like exciting. A milestone or something? Or I mean, <laughs> I guess. Why do we have to celebrate milestones on even numbers? Why can't we just do something like, you know, the odds? 541. We have, <laughs> we have decided. It's going to be a thing. <laughs> Time for a speech. 541. Ooh, we're here, here again. <laughs> yeah, finally. Okay, well, on today's show... Nothing special, because it's just a regular show. <laughs> We're talking spe- about... It's never special. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> We're talking about which tools to buy first, which hand plane to buy first, and joiner bend length, bed length. But before we get to that, we want to let you know that Wood Talk is brought to you by Rockler. Rockler's been helping customers create with confidence for over 65 years. Rockler's giving away a $250 gift card to one lucky Wood Talk listener. Enter for your chance to win before January 31st at rockler.com slash woodtalk. Can we, can we just take a pause for a second? Did I mess this up? Was I supposed to pick some kind of thing relating to buying tools for questions? <laughs> uh, that clearly was a theme, but it was accidental. <laughs> Come on, it's the holiday season. Completely it's accidental. As you're, stuff. as you're reading that, I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. What just happened yeah. here? <laughs> it's all the firsts. I don't know. You know, and uh, be- first jointer bed length. <laughs> yeah. How's that? I, oh, okay. I would like Fixed to it. know, just, just on this Rockler thing, I would like, like, we never announce... Like who wins them? I know we're not up to that, and like Rockler doesn't yeah. let us know. But we're not privy to that. If yeah, basically they don't they don't trust <laughs> us to that data. But if you've won mm-hmm. one of these, like call into the show and let us know what you bought. Like I want to know that people yeah. are actually winning these gift cards. Because two hundred fifty bucks is that's substantial, man. We've given away what three or four. Well, we haven't, but <laughs> Rockler, <Yeah. laughs> Rockler's given away like <laughs> three or four again. of them now, right? <laughs> Okay, wait. You ready, Shannon? Yes. October 2022, Kelly Lolly. July 2022, Justin Sykes. Uh, April 2022, Cameron White of Kentucky. They're all there. They're on uh, rockler.com slash woodtalk. But it would be nice to get the like the call in or like, you know, or if they want to just tell us who it was, we can announce it on the show. I just, I want to hear from the people and know what they bought. <laughs> 
I want to live vicariously <laughs> through the winners. Find out <laughs> what you get. What a What'd shopping you get? Hall. Yeah, come on, show and tell, man. Yeah, I like that idea. Call into the well, show. I'll uh, we'll we'll pitch that over to Rockler and see what they say because they don't have enough to do. Pitch it right back. This <laughs> be like I didn't get that email. Sorry. <laughs> well, or the, or the people who want it can just write it. We don't have to pitch it to Rockler. I mean, Rockler could send us the invoice that you know, yeah, along with the credit card information and everything. That's fine. You can do that. Maybe not. <laughs> Except for if these are all just giveaway hounds, like people who aren't even woodworkers. <laughs> that's a thing that happens. I want to know that too. You never know. They don't listen to the show then. So, okay. Uh, what, geez, we got really uh, <laughs> sidetracked there. What are we? We're at Matt's part. Yeah, now. we're on my part now. Is okay? Yep. Okay. So, if you want, you know, me to read your name instead of Mark reading your name as the giveaway winner, you can do so. You can help support the show by going to uh, patreon.com slash woodtalk and signing up to become a patron of the show. Woo! What we got here? We're, we're thanking Hector Mendez, Misha Manulis, Curtis. Kershaw? Kershaw. I don't know. KK. Where, where do you see an R in that name? <laughs> KK. There's I no don't. R there. You know, I just make up consonants to make it sound better in my head. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. He's improving people's last name. <laughs> I, I took your last name and I improved it. <laughs> you you understand this is your heritage? <laughs> no, that name yeah. sounds too ethnic. Let's shorten it to John. Like, when my great-grandfather came over, someone suggested that they remove the U out of his name because it was too ethnic. And uh, and my grandfather put it back. He said, screw you guys. This is how it's spelled. That's right. It's people like Matt <laughs> that ruin names. People like Matt. I do ruin try, names. Trying to keep the immigrants Immigration down. officer Matt over here. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. My claim the fame. Right. <laughs> yes. Name ruiner. Uh, all right. Let's get to what's on the bench. Uh, who wants to go first? What? Is there an option? <laughs> I just wanted to see if anyone thought that would be weird. It All would right. be weird. I guess I'll go first. <laughs> I'm freaked out. <laughs> I guess now. I'll go. What do I do? <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know what to do. Uh, so I built a little bench to go along with my little dining table that I made. So that was a a fun build. It's that crisscross leg thing that I did that I wasn't entirely sure was a good idea, uh, but it turns out once you have all the things connected and uh, the the seat actually becomes part of the structure then suddenly it's like any other bench. So I'm super happy with the way that turned out. Uh, and then I kind of fast-tracked the dust collection installation. So we weren't going to do that, but uh, Jason had some time while I was digging into something deep. And I said, hey, why don't you just see if we could just get the bracket on the wall, uh, get started toward hanging the cyclone. And then much later, thinking like well into the new year, we would hang the ductwork. So the problem was it was like taking the Band-Aid off sort of thing. We just got started with it. Totally sidetracked everything I was working on, and we did nothing but dust collection and duct work for like two to three days until it was done. Uh, but the good thing is now I'm so spoiled. <clears throat> like the, going from tool to tool with a dust collector was torturous. And I know that's ridiculous because a lot of people do that and it's perfectly fine. Uh, but well, after you've had it's the. Not. It's really not. <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves, it really sucks. Pun intended. Uh -huh. uh, I mean, you guys know it's not fun. Uh, but if you don't know any better, if that's all you've ever had, then maybe it's not that bad. But once you've been spoiled by a system that just kind of turns on when you turn on the tool, you don't have to even worry about blast gates and it's just always connected to each tool. Your workflow improves. And I think maybe this is I don't think this is talked about enough. The improvement in workflow when you don't have to worry about connecting dust collection. It's just always there. 
Um, I honestly felt completely hampered, like mentally and well, not physically. It's not that much work, but it, it really <laughs> was like I started to make <laughs> Here's the thing. I started to make decisions. <laughs> I can't do this. I screwed uh, up that tenant because to of make, the blast gate. Damn it. Yeah. See, well, that could happen because I'm making bad decisions. I'm saying, <laughs> well, the dust collector is already on that tool. And I know that's not the best tool for the job, but maybe I'll use it anyway. Like, and I probably shouldn't have because the smart thing would be to no, that's a table saw task, not a bandsaw task. But I was making shortcuts because I didn't want to have to reset everything up and then go back and forth. So, yeah, real pain in the butt, but super, super happy and feel like uh, the shackles were uh, kicked off. And now I could actually build and just flow through a project without all the obstacles. I feel so. like that kind of sums up woodworking <clears throat> like. Woodworking is doing doing tasks that you you know could be done better somewhere else, but you're too lazy to change the blade <laughs> or plug it in or like move the bandsaw away from the wall because you yeah. like tuck it. Like seriously, even in my shop, I'd like I'll do something <clears throat> using like my jack plane because I'm just too lazy because it's in my hand. Like I'm too lazy yeah. to walk three steps. To go pick up the smoothing plane. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, turn around. That's a whole that's a whole hundred and eighty degrees away. (laughs) Like I could I could use like the router plane to clean up that dado, but there's a chisel right there. I'm just gonna use the chisel. You know, it's like that's that's I'd imagine in your situation, Shannon, with so much dependence on the hand tools, do you find yourself uh, doing that simply for the sake of this tool isn't sharp enough right now and I don't feel like oh, yeah. pulling out the strop? <clears throat> oh, I've done you know, that. So, so this one will do. Like, and, and that's the even stupider thing is like stropping. It takes 10 seconds and the strop is on right. my bench top. Like I don't even have to move. I just have to reach. <laughs> I don't want to be reaching for stuff. Yeah, that's that's all the way over there. Well, the chance to turn around or reach for anything. It's not happening. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. So, that's just because <laughs> yeah. like you it. saying, well, I could do it over here, but then I'd have to like divert the dust collection. It sounds so stupid when you say it aloud, but we all do it. It's like yeah. the stupidest things, you know. So now better workflow through airflow. That needs to be like a <laughs> sticker on your wall. No, there's a T-shirt idea. <laughs> or, or I like it. Well, the thing is, it was uh, the, the unit that I had, the dust collector. Fantastic. It was a Oneida mini gorilla. Um, really easily, like easy to move around. But the problem is I've got floor pads. So even something that's easy to move around hits a three eighths uh, inch thick rubber floor pad and then decides it might, might want to tip over if you push it hard <laughs> enough. So it's, it's moving it around the shop. And then I didn't have uh, it's a 220 plug. So I had a, one extension cord and I don't have a lot of outlets in the shop yet. So a lot of times it's not just moving the thing and changing the port. It's also finding the nearest available plug uh, to then plug it in and go through that whole process. So way too much work. You guys. Do you have your, so your tools set up with like easy access to the ports for like some of the more difficult ones, like the table saw? Yeah, we did. So we like routed out a short okay. length of four inch with a magnetic quick connect. And that was great. Like that made it as tolerable as it was, but it still sucked. <laughs> it still was terrible. <laughs> so yeah, glad to be past that. Isn't it funny? Uh, like sh- you talk about the floor pads because I have the same ones because <clears throat> somebody mm-hmm. somebody on some YouTube thing recommended it and I bought them yeah, hook, line and sinker. Welcome. But isn't it funny? Like that, the, the heavier the machine, that three eighths inch difference, it might as well be three feet. Like when you've got a <laughs> yeah. nine pound, 900 pound planer, you're trying <laughs> yeah. to get over that three eighths of an inch thick lip. It's like you need a forklift in order to make that happen. It's ridiculous. And I've got a festal dust extractors that never cease to amaze me how easily they stop on the slightest little sliver of wood <laughs> or God forbid, 
an electrical cord, like its own electrical cord. Uh-huh. It's like you put a brick wall in front of that thing. The hose pops out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Well, let's get some all-terrain tires. But on here's the thing. thing. The tires in the back are big. You know, the roller yeah. stuff, those dinky little like, you know, right. hospital gurney plastic things on the front, like put some big yeah. tires on it. You don't you don't need the maneuverability that those swivel casters provide. Like, are you really no. like taking high speed turns with your festool while yeah. you're sanding? I mean, just Seriously. put some big tires on all four wheels and you'd be good. Look, I'll just take the all terrain package, please. Yeah, exactly. And we'll be fine. They should offer that as an upgrade. $100. Yeah, screw the head filtration. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the off-road package for another 600. It'll be a $600 upgrade and you yeah. can get two wheels and and a gold-plated go. cotter pin to attach them. But they'll be green. <laughs> yeah. Well, copper oxidized copper plated cotter pin. There you go. <laughs> there you go. They'll, they'll eventually get to be green yeah. eventually. All right, Shannon. Anyway, what do you got going? Um I'm building a uh, like a keepsake box right now that, you know, in typical woodworker fashion i could build a small box to put photos in but no i have to build a small box to put photos in and then do marquetry all over it just because attaboy you know i could build it in a weekend but instead i'm going to take a month and a half to build it but you know <laughs> good it's on fun you. good i on mean you i've been <laughs> yeah keeping keeping it alive keeping <laughs> alive um it, it's it's really i don't know I, i've been messing around with marquetry long enough and it's like you know what it's time to like put it to the test so i'm doing like a full map of the united states on the the cover of this and i'm highlighting the the there there are three trips that i'm highlighting one to colorado one to tennessee and one to michigan so i've done the state flag of each of those states so when you the the lid has a a map of the u.s and it's done like a satellite view so i'm using you know some maple burl for the rocky mountains and i've got green dyed for the ohio river valley and i'm just kind of messing with that whole thing to try to make it look like a satellite image uh, of the u.s which is complicated enough but when you lift the lid there are then three compartments that each have their own lid on it and the lid is the state flag of that particular area so it's Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun um cool but i'm also doing a floating shelf just a big live edge floating shelf yes i've gone to the live edge thing (laughs) um the trend uh, is over shan's doing it Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I guess I'm just an idiot, or I have a bad can of Osmo. But I have never had a decent. People rave about Osmo. I have never had a good experience with this stuff, and I know it's really? supposed to go on thin. But like the first time I ever used it, you know, it was like okay, it it had separated. Obviously, you've got to stir it. But there was like a block of wax at the bottom that was so flipping hard. Like trying to stir that, it wasn't moving. So I had to like hack at it with an ice pick, <laughs> Jimmy oh, no. DeResta TM ice pick, you know, to to break up the <laughs> wax and then stir and stir and stir and stir and stir and stir and then stir some more. And it still wasn't quite dissolving. So then I like started, you know, breaking it up some more because it was like the bottom two thirds of the can, it felt like was a solid block of wax. That's how you know it's working. <laughs> I guess. Um, you know, <laughs> it was really kind of disturbing to see just how little oil was actually in the can, you know, once the wax. Yeah. So finally it got to the point where at least it was cloudy, you know, cause it was clear before. Um, and I still struggled the, on the first project I used it on. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to heat it up next time and kind of help, you know, get that wax dissolved. <laughs> Second Throw time I used pot. it. Yeah. Right. Basically. <laughs> um, 
so the second time I used it, it was okay. I think I probably applied it too thickly. I know you're supposed to apply it thinly. Um, I just didn't realize how thinly. So I was like, okay, well, it was it was a little better, but it still just didn't, you know, I was like, why am I just not going back to Endurovar? I love that finish. So this time I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot again. Like, and I had seen several videos on YouTube. I think it was a Matt Esley who like applies it with like a scotch bright pad um, and really like scrubs it into the surface. I'm like, okay, let's, let's do that. Um, but the problem is, is like the live edge, you can't scrub it in on a live edge. So I ended mm-hmm. up using a foam right. brush and I'm wiping this thing back to the point where it almost doesn't look like there's finish on there. And I still end up with this like waxy cloudy finish when it's dry. I just feel like I've gotten like a bad can of Osmo. Like they, they forgot to, you know, when they're adding the wax into the solution, like they forgot to turn off the tap and I've got two thirds wax. There doesn't seem to be (laughs) any way that I can not make it like a waxy to the touch or even cloudy type finish. So I, where did you order this can from? uh, (laughs) I hate to say it. I think it was Rockland. Oh, I don't know maybe that, they that don't really move matters. That I bought it online. You know what? No, I think it was yeah. Amazon. Uh, something like that. Because I don't, does Rockler even carry Osmo? Yeah, they may not. I guess they do. Yep. I'm looking right now. They do. But I mean, the, the distributor should make any difference because it's not like they're doing anything to it. Um, yeah. You know, it was a sealed can. It's not like, it's not like, well, you know, Rockler or the other Rockler, you should open that can and inspect <laughs> it before you sold it. No, thank you. Don't do that. Um so I don't know. I, you know, what's the expression of poor woodworker blames his tools. I, I just, I, I don't get it. I, I people rave about this thing and I have had, I think the problem is though you right, right, right. And you've explained a situation where I don't think the formula was what it should have been. So it's hard to judge it, especially if you still got that clump down there and it's not going into solution. Yeah. And it's, you, you might it's not, still you're there. just not getting, <laughs> yeah, you're not using it as intended because it's not the right mixture. So you're saying I should spend more money <laughs> and buy another can? Of I'm it? saying you should you should stop experimenting and go back to endurance. <laughs> that's kind of what I feel like. <laughs> that's, <laughs> if that's what makes you happy, then do that. Well, I mean, I've I've seen finishes with Osmo, and it's definitely it looks great. You know, it's got that wonderful yeah. close to the wood look, and it's like you know people describe the feel of it. It's kind of like this soft feel, and it's like oh, that looks wonderful. It immediately immediately makes me think of um like Caleb James' work. Like, I don't know if he uses yeah. Osmo, but that or or like the soap finish that Christopher Schwartz made kind of popular with his stick chairs, that idea. So I, I love the idea, especially for small things like boxes, you know, that are being picked up and handled a lot and stuff. But yeah, so now I've got a live edge that has like a waxy substance on it. And I've got to figure out how to get it off. I think I'm just going to like take mm. a heat gun to it and try to bake it off. Um the the excess or the the slightly waxy feel on the surfaces hey no big deal i'll just run it through my planer <laughs> wax is going to be good for my planer right you know but yeah um oh i just every time i like well let's let's give it a try let's try it again and i hate myself for doing it yeah. why it's a good product though it is good um i wish i had a better experience i i like it so i i'm, I'm not crazy in thinking that maybe i have a bad product I think that's the likely situation. It's either, you know, there's three possibilities. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. Or you just don't like what that finish is. Yeah. Right. Well, like there's only three possibilities here. I mean, I, I will, I will take the blame on one instance, like two, two applications ago. I know it went on too thick. 
and it felt like yeah. it was thin, but I was still like, it was like I was applying like Endurovar, you know, where you get that somewhat wet look. That was way too yeah. much. I learned from that. Um, this latest one, I, I honestly, like I was worried that I was pulling off too much and it still comes back. Mm -hmm. You know, it's highly possible on the live edge that I just didn't do it enough because it's so, you know, such a very variable surface, you know, bumpy, lumpy surface. Um, yeah. But man. <laughs> now, especially on a live edge. I mean, almost any finish is going to, especially one that you have to wipe back is going to be problematic there. Yeah. So that probably was the bad choice for the live edge anyway. I should have just stuck to Endurovar. Uh, I got two gallons of this stuff. What's wrong with me? <laughs> Lesson learned. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Wonderful. Carrying on. Hey, Matt. Hello. How are you doing? Hi. It's <laughs> Hello. Me. Anyway, I uh, I swapped the motor in my planer. Finally. I sold. That was done. That's cool. That was the, uh, oh, what were we going to call that? Like everything that could possibly go wrong or be a problem <laughs> happened. Yeah. Was this a necessary change or an upgrade? Yeah, I don't remember uh, the both. origin of this. Why did you swap <laughs> the motor in your planer? The, uh, the start winding on the old motor went out. It was like fried. Okay. So I started down the diagnostics of, of that probably like a month ago. Like buying, I'm like, oh, it just, it's not starting. This is buzzing. So usually that's a start capacitor. So I'm like, oh, just buy your start capacitor, whatever. I mm -hmm. swap it and it's still doing it. I'm like, oh, okay, that means something else is messed up. But then, of course, being the person I am, I start taking things apart. <laughs> there you I, go. No, I start, why, why not just take the motor apart? Why the hell not? So I pull the motor apart. It's got a bunch of burning on the, the, um, the switch, the starter switch. And then I pull the whole back uh, bell cover off the motor and like the start winding's like super burnt. I'm like, okay, this is probably, you know, not realistically salvageable. Like, yes, you could have the start winding rewound or whatever. I'm like, it's a three horsepower import motor. It's like, you're going to spend more on rewinding it than buying a new one anyway. I'm like, mm -hmm. this is the moment I've been waiting for, but at the wrong time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because I wanted to put a bigger motor in there since I switched it out to that, um, the bird head because it doesn't really it doesn't chew through as much wood as it as the straight knives could in one pass um mm -hmm. so this motor i got from uh, a viewer like two years ago three years ago he ordered a motor for something he was doing and they sent him one like in a cardboard box this one and it's mm -hmm. a hundred pound motor in a cardboard <laughs> box <laughs> oh geez so it didn't it so didn't it make it there very well <laughs> <laughs> so, so they, they sent him a new one to replace it. And they said, just take the motor plate off and dispose of the motor. And obviously the easiest way to dispose of the motor is to send it to Matt. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's what I did. Bump, bump, bump. Matt Cremona. And I son. Oh, wait, don't we have a, one of those pictures? Yes, someone Photoshopped Matt. <laughs> Stanford and son. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We got to find that and repost it on Instagram. <laughs> So, oh, that's good. So, yeah, so I, I've had it sitting here for a while. I had it in the crate that he sent it to me, and I had I like and he sent me the pictures of how it looks. I'm like, okay, it's just kind of you know beat up a little bit. It's dented. I'm like, I don't care how it looks. It's gonna be in a cabinet. So like the fan cover is all dented and beat up. So like the fan rubs. So I had to straighten the fan cover and fix all of the bolts that hold that thing on because they're all bent and like banana mm -hmm. shaped. And then I got that fixed and I hook it up. I'm like, it's not working. I pull the, the cover plate off of the, the capacitor, uh, which had a big dent in it. I'm like, oh, maybe the capacitor's got bumped or something. No, it's like completely cracked and leaking 
capacitor juice everywhere. So mm. I had to order a capacitor for it. Got those in. And then I realized since there's no plate on the motor, I forgot that it's actually a slower speed motor than the motor that was in there. So now I need to adjust my pulley sizes. So I put a bigger pulley on it to keep the RPMs the same, which is fine. But now the guard mm-hmm. doesn't fit on anymore, so I have to make a new guard for it too. Mm-hmm. So at the end of this, I'm hoping this thing was too big to fit in the garage, so now you need a new garage door. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that one too. The The motor was bigger <laughs> than the old one, so now I, I put the planar on riser blocks so yeah. it can actually fit in there. <laughs> but can you like, reach it now that you work at it? I mean, it's, it's too it's high. It's kind of high now. This is, this is kind of high. Step stool. I know you're not a tall man, Matt. So <laughs> you need you need to build a, another step stool to use your planer. I should probably do there that. And the, the other one was too that the um I wasn't planning on having to put riser blocks in it at first, so the calculation I did for the new belt length was wrong. So oh, I geez. had to wait for a second set of belts to come in, and then the second set of belts the supplier shipped it via FedEx, and I forgot that in the winter. FedEx doesn't even attempt delivery at my house. They're like, <laughs> at the end of the day, they just say like, oh, it's a weather delay. We'll do it later. And they'll do that till yeah. like four times, which mm-hmm. normally I'm like, yeah, it's kind of annoying, but what the delivering isn't consequential at all. But now I'm like, I'm waiting for these belts so I can like put my planner back together and use it because I want to make they, a project. They all, they all watch your Instagram. They, they've seen what happens to UPS when they come to your house. So it's yeah, kind they, of like, they've heard. They actually try though. That's the best part. Like, Amazon tries, but I get up there, but regardless, like they'll even like, this is a, they'll walk it up the driveway, like on foot or leave it down mm-hmm. there. I don't care, but just like, <laughs> just deliver it. I don't care. Jeez. That's annoying. Don't tell me there's a water delay. And I know you didn't even try. I kind of <laughs> get the feeling that like the driver's like, oh, it's like the last delivery. Cause it's always like at six 30 at night. It's like, oh, I'll just say it's a weather delay and go back home. <laughs> right. It's kind of, this is kind of the vibe I get. And eventually it's like, oh, it's been four days. I got delivered this. Someone's going to yell at me. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) jeez. That's that's the vibe I get from FedEx here, at least. I don't know. The vibe I get is that they don't know what they're doing. (laughs) At least here in this area. Okay, well. Just my experience. That's great. So, uh, end of the story here. It works. It's all good. Yeah, I just got to make a new guard for it before the internet has a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. About me running. You with get no your guard. sweet locks caught in there. You don't want that. <laughs> there's there's that part too. So yeah, it's it's working, it's running. I haven't uh actually tested it yet to see how much more um power it has, or the feeling yeah. of power. Mm-hmm. I ran a like what like an inch wide piece of wood through it to test it last night. Okay, it works. That's great. How old is the, Good deal. the planer to begin with? Because you and I have the same planer. Okay, yeah, I know yours is older than mine. But still, you have like run some serious linear footage through that thing. Haven't you oh, yeah. like, done multiple flooring jobs and <laughs> it's it's so, done a lot, so I can't complain, I guess. No, seriously, that's just really as a as a fellow grizzly owner, you know, because they often get kind of oh, their customer their quality control is not the best. You know, that's the difference between Grizzly and some of the other gold brands. Um the gold. that uh <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but like I've had zero problem, but I know I don't I don't run nearly the linear footage that you do. Like hand tool shop with only one power tool. You know, my poor grizzly planer is probably envious of other grizzly planers they used on a more regular basis. But yeah, I'm not still, very gentle with my stuff either. I'm like, yeah, my, my stuff yeah. should keep up with me. It's like a bull in a china shop over here. Yeah, a little bull. 
Well, Matt, well the funny thing Matt is, Matt like, definitely you know, does not spin um, the planar wheel only once, two or three. Oh no, four times. Times. Yeah. no, <laughs> right until I can't fit the water yeah. anymore. That's a quarter inch. <laughs> That's it. There you go. If it goes in, it planes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Bottom line. <laughs> That's Matt's rule. <laughs> but Matt's one of those people who actually needs to change the gearbox oil once in a while, unlike morons <laughs> like me who change it just for funsies. I've never, I, like, the only time I changed it was I had to change it to swap the head. Yeah. That was it. I'm, I don't there do maintenance. Go. Are you kidding me? <laughs> just wait till it yells at me and then I fix something. Yeah. You maintain when it breaks. Yeah. That's how it's done. I'm too busy cool. doing other things. And uh, what, what's the deal with the gift boxes here? What, oh, what's, what's going on? I with was that? like, I should make a project because like. And I just I just I just needed to do something creative. I'm like, I've been like doing nothing fun. Air quotes fun and like. And it, you know, in a creative sense, I got to get those creative juices flowing. So I, I made you. some quick boxes. Also, I didn't I've been doing this thing for a year now where I release a video every Saturday and it's, it works great mm-hmm. if you have a buffer. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you're out of a buffer, you're like. Crap, I got a week here to make a whole video and right. release it. So in three days, I uh, I shot and edited a video making some gift boxes. Nice. Right Those on. are two Good purposes. Well, they look nice. I saw them on Instagram. And they make that <laughs> fun puppy noise when you pull the lid off. I have wanted to do that for a long time. I haven't ever done it before with the like the liner that holds the lid in there. Yeah, it's extremely satisfying. <laughs> like that's hashtag so satisfying. It's, ex- it's yes. like Super worthy satisfying. They just like the air friction fit, like it pops off where it's, the lid's mm-hmm. on there firmly enough that you can like flip it upside down and shake it around. But it's not so firm that like it fights you when you're trying to pull the lid off. But it's, it's, mm-hmm. that, it's I don't know, just so nice. It's just cool. It's, it's just that the sweet spot where in six months you won't be able to get the hey. lid off. <laughs> It's a box. They don't, there's no wood moving in boxes. It's too small. Oh, that's true. I, I forgot about that rule. <laughs> that's what screwdrivers are for. <laughs> Great. Yeah. It comes with its own little pry bar. <clears throat> yeah, you should have that included for sure. Just strapped to the bottom. Like, oh, I can like write a little recess <laughs> in the bottom where it's like inlaid in yeah. there. Mm, yeah. Like, what's, that, what's that for? You'll know in six months what that's for. <laughs> that's good, man. All right. So we got a kickback here from Adria. Uh, let me see. Where is it? There we go. Hey, Mark, Matt, and Shannon. I just want to give you some kickback and a follow-up question on some things recently. Um, you read my email a couple episodes ago about me flattening the cookies, and I wanted to just say we did get married. Um, we actually went to Mark's open house at the new fire shop um, or firehouse wood shop for a honeymoon, interestingly enough. Um that's and awesome. my husband, he saw oh, yeah. the 3D printing and laser cutting that Nicole was doing. So now he's actually researching getting into that. So I guess we can say that that's all Nicole's fault on top of the stuff that's Matt's fault. Um, I wanted to also apologize to Shannon. Uh, my husband is still busting my chops about having let Shannon down using the router sled um, as a member of the hand tool school. So I just wanted to ask, how would you flatten a cookie like that with just hand tools? If you weren't going to use power tools, I'm still in orientation semester, so I haven't got far enough to see that yet. And, um, lastly, uh, you also mentioned in the last episode about somebody that was doing the Benjamin button playthrough of the wood talk episodes. Uh, that's me and I am on episode 19 now. So I've been loving the series so far. So keep up the good work and thanks again. Yeah. Wow, where do you get, awesome. do you get well, past you. 10? You'll start to not love the series. 
<laughs> nope. The last the last 10 are going to be a little bit harder. <laughs> a little bit harder there. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you guys remember when I talked about making an ingrain cutting board entirely by hand and how I would never do that ever again? I do, actually. I do. Yes. <laughs> yeah that's kind of what like flattening an ingrain cookie would be like you just there's no mm -hmm. secret just use a jack plane and go at it it just sucks <laughs> so you're gonna hate life have realistic <laughs> expectations yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> you know it's it's and i think anytime you i get this question a lot like how would you do that with hand tools the answer is usually quite simple like it just sucks like <laughs> that particular task you know like oh look at this chippendale pie crust table well well how would you do that you know undulating edge with a chisel the answer is with a gouge and just carve the edge that's how it's done you know there's no router for it there's no special special scratch stock or anything like that so in this case there's no like you could build like a sled for your router plane <laughs> I can't even get that out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, that would be great. <laughs> don't do that. I'd like to see that. Definitely don't That'd do that. Good. No, I mean, you grab yourself a, a jack plane, like a larger, lower angle plane. If you had like a bevel up jack would be really nice. It doesn't have to be um, a low angle plane, um, but like a block plane that would absolutely suck. Like the tiny mm -hmm. mass of that thing would just not be fun. So use a larger plane like a jack and you can knock it down, you know, focus on the high spots first and then grab yourself some sandpaper um, because you're probably going to end up with like tool marks and crap all over it. And you could work at it for another day or so to get rid of those tool marks or just get it flat ish and grab yourself some 80 grit sandpaper and work through the grits, frankly. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is you're telling her she did the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you did the right thing. <laughs> so. Adria, tell your husband you're fine. You had permission. Yeah. Tell him to go to deviate from to the go handles. 3D print you a router plane sled. <laughs> there you go. Yep. It might take a few prints to get there, but yeah. you'll get there. Sure. Uh, okay. Well, you know who doesn't sell 3D printers? Are you sure about that? Really? I don't know. Maybe we should check. Dang it. Pretty sure <laughs> Why do I do this to myself? Do. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say 3D printer. Nope. What, really? Piranha FX conversion kit is what comes on. It's a CNC attachment. Well, I'm sure they will uh, soon so enough. So no. All right, Rockler, get with Prusa. Get yourself some 3D printers in stock. That would be great. Like a blue one, please? <laughs> only, it only uses yeah. blue filament. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's the only disadvantage. Everything's blue. All it does is print bench cookies. And oh, yeah. Every time it's you print one, they charge for you. Yeah. Oh, oh, that'd man. be great, actually. That might... That might not be a great idea for them. Well, yeah, but every time you want to print one, you buy it and it just shows up on your printer. I don't yeah, know. Just pre-programmed with all the dust right Yeah, fittings. that's what I'm talking about. That kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. crap. I, I think that, that might be the thing. future of fulfillment. That's like the next step in e-commerce. You buy yeah, this printer print file. and then you just like dial it up. You know, tea. Earl Grey mm -hmm. hot. And <laughs> yeah. out comes a bench exactly. cookie. I want a tea, damn it. Tea. Not a bench cookie. <laughs> A real cookie, not a bench cookie. All right. Well, if you're looking to get some inspiration for your next project, you should head to rockler.com. You could find over a hundred free step-by-step -step plans ranging from shop projects like an outfeed table designed by the one and only Matthew Cremona, hey. Esquire. <laughs> yeah. By proxy. Just Esquire by better. proxy. 
<laughs> yeah, he's married to one. Uh, to furniture for your house, like a new coffee table, to giftable small projects like a unique cutting board design, Rockler also shares how-to videos and woodworking tips so that you can create with confidence. And you can find a gallery with thousands of customer product project images that uh, provide even more inspiration. Find it all at rockler.com. It's a great time of year to get inspired. You got more, a little bit more time maybe in the shop. It's nice and cold outside, so you can put on the Christmas music inside. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Get a hot cup of cocoa and uh, replace your motors like Matt does. <laughs> I'm just glad glad or to don't. know that Rockler, Rockler has don't. over 100 free step-by-step plans and not 10,000 free step-by-step plans. 16,000. Oh, we're up to 16 now? Uh, yep. And Matt, just in case you needed to know, um, Rockler has a very wide assortment of new planers. You know, it actually crossed my mind. Just bought. It, it, it crossed my mind. I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll, yeah, I'll just. See, but, but now, now you're committed, man. Like now you're just be letting like, yourself I'm too down. far into this now. I've made <laughs> right. it public. Like, you, yeah, you get more, uh, you know, shop cred. That's like the woodworkers version of street cred. But you get more. Look at it this way. You just Matt, do what you, you could gang them together. So you could set the first planer to remove a quarter inch. And then the oh, second planer would be your finishing pass, like a 30 second. You're on to something. You know? So yeah, like a yeah, like a double yeah. drum situation. <laughs> yes. Ooh, I like Just this. put them in line and think of think of the video you could do on getting them co-planer. Well, I've been across I've been the shop one another. Planer Sanders. So like maybe oh. maybe that's kind of the same thing. Well, I think with what Matt does with a normal cutter head, and if you give him two cutter heads, there may not be a board coming out the other end. He's I just needed, made a chipper. I needed sawdust. <laughs> he just turned it into a chipper. <laughs> We're starting a garden, and uh, Lindsay's like, this sawdust here is great, but you got any more? I got a, I got a little more ground cover to clean up. I'm like, give me a sure second. Do. I'm going to head <laughs> to the shop. <laughs> I got a lot trying of to get my double planer. Trying to make like a sand dart thing out there. So can you get some walnut over here, and we need some red over here. Yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, Different colors, go. please. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Well, you can go to Rockler.com to find all that great stuff, and maybe uh, make a little wish list or something. Send Matt some links to new planers. They got Laguna. They got Paramatic. Uh, some Jet up in there. Dewalt. I mean, at I mean, this so point, many like everyone's comparing you and me. So I know. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. This, this is getting dangerous. The one up there is very dangerous. The most, important, <laughs> the most important message to our listeners is go buy a planer for yourself. And with the old one, just send it to Matt. No. Yeah. No. Apparently that's I'll make a thing. Use of it. <laughs> no. Yeah, you want my, I've got to actually, I do have an extra lunchbox planer now, Matt. You want that? I, I have a Triton lunchbox planer, which is actually very handy when your planer is taken apart and you want to build a box. Sure. Yeah, it is. Okay. See, I think you're missing the point, Mark. You don't have to ask him if he wants it. Just send it. Send it to him. Yeah. I do Why are you going to tell him all his secrets? <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to refuse. It's how it works. It might take four four delivery attempts to get it to him, but <laughs> it might. He it will might go get back it to you without the never attempting <laughs> delivery. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get to our questions. I got one here from Andy. He says, uh, "Where to start?" Stupid question. That's his words, not mine. Uh, he says, love the show. Just working my way through all your past episodes. I'll be starting to build my own workshop soon and we'll be looking to get a bandsaw, table saw, planer and jointer to go in there. But which order should I buy these in? Can I mill boards with just the table saw? I have good uh, dust collection and uh, some handheld power tools, router, etc. But no hand tools. Could these fill in for any of the larger machines while I save up to buy them? Thanks for all you do. This is uh, I think we could probably have a show about this topic. There's a lot that we can get into, and I'm going to try to keep it um, somewhat short and sweet if possible. 
so yeah, there are a lot of things you can do either substituting portable power tools uh, for the larger um, cousins of those things. Um, <clears throat> you can also get a lot more done with some of the tools than, than you might realize at first glance. Things like using a sled on a planer if you want to establish a flat face before then flipping it over and using the planer as it's normally used. Uh, so you get one of those uh, little planer jigs. Uh, you could probably do some Google searching and find a bunch of those versions that are pretty great. Uh, you can also use your table saw for jointing tasks. So if you have a board that's not straight line ripped, you can make a little sled that lets it ride uh, up against the fence, but off of the table. And if you have it, the board kind of like clamped in a fixed position uh, and push that through the blade, you're going to get a nice, <clears throat> excuse me, a nice straight edge on there uh, to establish that first edge, which is a pretty handy thing to do. Um, so I think if I'm looking at some kind of an order here based on what you've said so far, I think having the table saw is a good idea, especially if you are, uh, you just like the idea of jigs and fixtures. You could do a whole lot with the table saw. Uh, the planer, I think, would be a good next choice because you could skip plane to get the thickness. I mean, being able to thickness your own material, it's really great. Um, so, you know, if you're stuck with just what you can get at the store, it's going to be pretty limiting. So being able to thickness yourself and then also using sleds and things to uh, sort of serve as that first step jointing operation that you normally use a jointer for, doing that with your planer is a pretty darn good way to go. Uh, let's see. Hold off on buying the bandsaw. Um, I think if you have a jigsaw, there's your way that you can cut curves. It's not absolutely essential to get the bandsaw. I think the bandsaw really comes into play when you're at that next step and you're resawing your lumber into different thicknesses. Uh, maybe you're cutting veneer, things like that. That's when the or the uh, bandsaw is going to be a good choice. Um, I would also, you know, maybe go to the jointer next, but only when you're ready to get into that world of rough lumber. Um, you want to buy things much thicker in a rough state, and it's just too much of a hassle to do all those other things we just talked about to get that board um, you know, into some kind of state that it's ready for furniture, that's when you want to get that jointer. But that's now the jointer is really going to change the paradigm at that point uh, in your shop and you'll be able to do a lot more things. So it's a good choice, but I also think it's probably something to put, you know, more toward the end of that list. Uh, and then I'll also just mention that you might want to consider a miter saw. Um, I do think that's great for breaking down stock. If you have a good tuned up miter saw, it's great for cross cuts on small pieces. So you don't have to do everything at the table saw. Um, and you know, until that point though, a circular saw and a jigsaw, uh, can be used for some of that breakdown stuff as well. So that's my, in a nutshell sort of recommendations, but, uh, I, I hope I gave that enough info because it's something that we could spend a lot of time on and we're not going to today. I like <laughs> it. That was good. I got nothing. Thank you. I got nothing. Um, this is from Brian. He says, I've been attempting woodwork for a few years. I like that. <laughs> I'm still attempting woodwork now. <laughs> Haven't we a decade all? later. <laughs> um, I have some basic tools and now I'm interested in purchasing a hand plane. I do not plan on planing full boards, but would like something for cleaning up areas and light flattening, <clears throat> mainly crafting smaller furniture and jewelry box size items, thinking something in the mid price tier, a hundred to $200. So, and you know, certainly wants some quality, maybe something that'll work nice out of the box. Um, I'm glad to hear him say all this because like, I think a smoothing plane is a fantastic place to start. Um, even if you were um, planing larger boards, the ability to kind of work through the shorter sole, allowing you to kind of go into the hills and valleys really can uh, clean up the board a, a lot faster. A lot of people tend to go with big, larger, longer planes, and they kind of struggle with them a little bit because they are designed to make things a heck of a lot flatter, generally way flatter than we actually need um, in our day-to-day -day mm -hmm. woodworking. Um, plus, 
the smaller the pieces you are, the shorter the plane that you need. Um, the smoother can help you maybe cut back on a little bit of the sanding. I'm not going to say all the sanding, but certainly it will help clean up the, the surface um, to, to cut back on some of that stuff. There are certainly some weird people out there who like sanding, but they're in a very small minority. I love it. <laughs> um, so as far as a Dude, recommendation. It's got to stand there. <laughs> uh, it's when I listen to podcasts. Yeah, yeah exactly. Honestly. That's what podcasts are for is for sanding. Um, or, <coughs> That's right. Or hours on the, the indoor trainer. Um, yeah, it's I'm not easy. on Zwift. You I'm get like two shots with your camera of you sanding like real quick, and then you can spend the next three hours without worrying about the camera. Yep, listening to audiobooks. <laughs> true. Podcasts. I got my shots. Yeah, I'm done. Uh, that, Whatever. Time to be a normal woodworker. I think again. it's a. It might be a video problem though, right? <laughs> like we see that as uh, you know a reprieve, a little uh -huh. break from the the videography. <laughs> Whereas most people are like, no, sanding sucks. I want it over as soon as possible. Uh -huh. But we're just weird. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Sorry, Shannon. So if, if Brian wants talking? to spend, yeah, you know, <laughs> was this your question? <laughs> Sorry. About that. Um, I, I feel, I feel somewhat obligated to mention Rockler's bench dog smoothing plate. <laughs> I feel um, somewhat obligated. I, I will include a link to it and only, only because I do not personally oh. have experience with it. Um, I know a lot of people who've bought Rockler's bench dog brand of planes and are quite happy with it. Many of them will compare mm -hmm. them to the <clears throat> the other Rockler's line the other. of Wood River planes. Um, I do have personal experience with a Wood River number three. I've had one for nine, nine years, 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, still a great plane. And it's not even actually like Wood River does that like version thing, like version three or four is what they're on right now. I think mine is a version two. And supposedly they keep making improvements, but I've been quite happy with the Wood River number three that I have. Um, just looking at them, the Bench Dog and the Wood River, they do have a lot of similarities. But again, lots of people have talked to me, given me feedback on the Bench Dog brand. Um, one of these days, I should really just go to Rockler and say, give me one of those to, to try it out. Um, they probably They're won't listening. give it to me. They'll, they'll say, they'll say, yeah, we'll give you one. Where's the money? Um, <laughs> which case. Just um, tell them to send it to your 3D printer. There we go. That's right. <laughs> that'll that'll get me even faster response. Uh, like I got a sweet hookup for you, Shannon. I can get you free shipping. That's true. <laughs> that's true. I got a code. <laughs> Turns out I can get everybody free shipping. I haven't actually checked on the prices. Yeah, 123 bucks for a number mm -hmm. four, 124 dollars for a bench dog number four. Um, compared to the Wood River, woo, 215. That's quite a dang. That's quite oh, a difference. Really? Why? Um, but anyway, uh, either one of those brands, I mean, Stanley does make new versions of it. I've found really inconsistent, inconsistent results there. So at $124, I would recommend going to Rockler, getting your free shipping and getting yourself a number four smoothing plane. Don't get caught up in the shot. whole four and a halfs and five and a quarters and all that stuff. Just get yourself a number four. That's going to be like the most versatile plane for you. Um, and I think, uh, certainly you're going to. Make sure you have some way to sharpen the blade. Uh, while it will be somewhat sharp out of the box, it could be sharper. Um, so keep that in mm -hmm. mind. Uh, as far as what you're spending, there will be some need to have some way to sharpen that blade. Um, so that's going to cost a little bit extra there. So go for it. Nice. There you go. You know, it's a bulldog on the uh, shop uh, shop dog or what is it? Bench dog Bench brand. Dog, yeah. So how can you not love it? There you go. Dougie is on there. There you go. I'm sure Dougie was the inspiration for it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't think he was alive yet, but that's fine. <laughs> but that's <Fair> fine. <laughs> we'll go Very with your forward version. thinking. Like them. <laughs> yep. They knew. All right. I got a question here from Monty. 
says, I just started listening to the podcast and I'm slowly working my way through some of the older episodes. Recently, I was listening to episode 501 where you discussed benchtop jointers and had a question about something that was mentioned briefly in passing, jointer bed length and how that relates to how long of stock you could effectively flatten. In the past, I think I've heard the rule of thumb that two times the bed length was a magic number, though I was never clear whether that was two times the length of the infeed bed or two times the length of the total infeed and outfeed. What has been your experience with this? There's mm. even a question here for Shannon. Oh, oh boy. boy. Oh. Bonus question for Shannon. How would you relate this to, say, hand planes like a seven or eight? Even the shortest benchtop jointer has beds longer than a number eight. But I never see anybody saying you can't joint anything longer than a four foot board with a hand plane. It's because hand planes are better. <laughs> Doy. God. <laughs> Easy. I think on the tail end of this, Shannon, you can jump in on this too, but I think this will kind of uh, kind of flow into our discussion on the bed length is as you get kind of longer than that, you got to be smarter than the tool you're using and actually like take a look mm-hmm. at the board you're actually planing or jointing or whatever you're doing to this board. They have a really clear idea of what the board is gene doing geometrically so then you can more effectively make that thing straight. How do you feel about that, Shannon? I agree. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a the, human element there. I, I, I would, I would refine that by saying topographically. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Oy. Oh my oh, oh Lord. Big word. <laughs> uh, just, as, just as far because as you made his... that map of the U S <laughs> yes, seriously. Yeah. Now, now everything is map terminology <laughs> and nomenclature. It, it is now. Jeez. It is now. the cartologist. He's going to, he's going to say, if you want to get all the links, they'll be in the legend for this show. Ha! I hadn't thought about that. I love that. Oh my God. <laughs> Yay. Let me, let me quickly inlay a compass rose into that first. <laughs> uh, look a little south in the show notes, guys. Oh. You'll see. Um, you'll see. <laughs> oh, the themes. I'm sorry. Oh, Lord. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Map jokes. The best. Uh, oh man. So on, at least on power jointers, uh, my experience is like, I would say one and a half times the total length of the whole machine is kind of where things are. You don't have to think too much longer mm-hmm. than that. You got to start looking at thing. <laughs> Again, that sums really, up woodworking. <laughs> as little thinking as possible. As little thinking as possible. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Once you get to that state, that's a nice thing. Like as on a tangent, like once you get like your shop set up and like your skills set up to a point where you don't have to think as much. That's when things really start happening. Like the creativity can start flowing because you're not worried about like, is this going to be flat or is this going to work out? Of course it's going to work out. You already know it's going to work out. You can think about other things. Yeah. Well, this goes back to the dust collection thing. It's like these little barriers in your way before doing the actual work. And, you know, this is one of those barriers. You remove that, then you get into this uh, flow state. Yeah. And actually going back to your your thing on, what was it on? On like tool order or whatever. And yeah. like the jointer, I, I think like when you get to the stage of like, I have those things, now I'm going to add a jointer. The jointer changes so much for you because mm-hmm. now you can make things flat, like with no effort. You're not sitting yeah. there trying to set up a little sled for your planer to shim a board so it can like go through and get flattened. You slap that board on the table and run it through and you got a flat board. Mm-hmm. And every time it's flat, you're like, okay. Now I can actually use flat boards all the time because it's easy. I'm not going to like, oh, it's right. flat enough, whatever. I mean, I can force it through and make it okay. And you realize like if your board is flat and you're trying to cut joinery on it, like on a table saw, 
it becomes so much easier. And you're like, why, why can I never get my tendon shoulders to line up as I'm cutting all the way around it? Because you're making stock that's not like rectangular or square or parallel or whatever. But now mm-hmm. you're like, oh, all my stock is always parallel and square and perfect. Now, no matter what I do, my tendon and shoulders always line up when I'm cutting all the way around. Like mm-hmm. those kind of like little things like that. Like back in the day, like I could never for the life of me get that, that last cut to line up. You go all the way around, you get to the last cut, and like the shoulder steps <laughs> over like a 16th of an inch. You're like, what the hell happened yeah. here? Right. Well, maybe the end of your board wasn't cut square. Or maybe you're, you had like a parallelogram board or a rhombus board mm-hmm. or something that you're trying to cut on. Well, yeah, it's not going to work out. But you get to that flow state of like, okay, it's going to work out because my stock is perfect. I don't have to think about that anymore. I can be thinking about other things. Like, how is this design working? Is this the best way to mm-hmm. do this? Can I use a different grain orientation here? Is Should this I the have best chili for, for lunch? Did I have, do I have to go potty right now? Okay, can I hold it? <laughs> Can I make it? Can I hold it through the whole car ride? Or should I go potty Should I go now, now or should I, should I risk it? I don't know. Uh, sorry, there was just way too much serious woodworking ha- talk happening. Got to fix that. Th- thanks for bringing that so, back to, you know. That's important. Important to yeah, derail so back us to the, back to, to the, the jointer thing. This uh, one thing that I think is a major factor is how flat or straight is the board to begin with. And then that length becomes a whole lot more forgiving. Right. Um, yeah. The, even if you have something that fits, you know, it looks like you should be able to joint that. If it's enough of a cup, it still may never do that because it's always riding down below uh, the table surface. Um, so if you have something like th- this is times where like I-, I can joint a board that's way longer than belongs going on that jointer. If let's say I take a track saw mm-hmm. and I clean up the edge first. Right. So as long as you are mostly straight to begin with and then you're just fine tuning, you can get away with a much longer board. But if it's way out of whack, then now you're really restricted to what can fit on that infeed side. Yes, I just I know I've brought this up in shows in the past, but I think it's also important. Like I I see people jointing long boards that don't need to be jointing long boards like their project calls for three foot parts and they're jointing an eight foot board. Um, You will save so much wood. If you just cross cut it shorter first, yeah, like if you've got a bow you know the and that eight foot between board, jointing an eight foot board and three foot board physically. Oh yeah. Well that too. Jeez. Um, yeah. It could be a nightmare. I mean, I don't care how precisely set up your joiner is. You're going to struggle to get that. You know, if, if nothing else, just the hand pressure down on an eight foot board is going to cause any bow to go out, you know, as you're pushing down with the, the joiner pads. But if you were to cut off a three foot section or, you know, cut off a four foot section because you want to give yourself some room to play with or whatever that four foot board will joint so much faster on a power joiner or a hand plane for that matter um than trying to joint the whole board um i see that all the time you know well the board is nine foot for the lumber yard i'm going to joint one face and then joint the edge and then they cross cut it like what the hell mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you just had to remove you had to make like seven passes on the joiner in order to flatten out that bow, if you'd cut it, you could have done it in one pass, you know, and not have to lug around that nine foot board. What are you talking about? Just make the cut depth deeper. One pass. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Come on. <laughs> All right. Are we good? I don't know. As, as far as the hand planes go, I think <laughs> what I see more often is the other way around. People using too big of a plane on a smaller board, like using a 24 inch number eight on like an 18 inch long board. Like I always try to say the plane should be shorter than the board you're trying to joint. 
um, generally around two thirds, if possible. Um, if the plane is as long as the Voyager jointing, it will work, but it's just a lot more work um, to do that. Hmm. Okay. 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 We are good. I think that's going to do it for us. That was good. I'm, I'm glad we had this talk on jointers. Yeah, it was a good one. I enjoyed it much. Well, family-owned since 1954, Rockler is your go-to source for high-quality and innovative woodworking tools, finishing supplies, hardware, lumber, and expert advice. Whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk, or new kitchen cabinets, Rockler is everything you need to make your next project a success. Visit rockler.com and use the code WOODTALK, that's all one word, to receive free shipping on most orders over $49. And remember to head to rockler.com woodtalk to enter for your chance to win a $250 gift card. Right on. And remember, if you've won one of those gift cards, tell us what you bought. Come, come, mm-hmm. you know, send us a voicemail. Let we us know, know all the things that you bought. More importantly, um, how much did you actually spend versus what you told your spouse that you got with that $250 gift card? It's an important right. part. Yeah, it was all only $250, dear. No big deal. So yeah, mm-hmm. send us some questions, folks. We love your questions. Uh, we want to know what uh, you know leftover gear you have that you're preparing to send to Matt's house. Those are all important. <laughs> Go to woodtalkshow.com. Fill out the form there or send us an email or a voicemail at woodtalkshow at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Thanks for sending us stuff to talk about on the show. Because yeah. if we didn't have your stuff, Lord knows what we talk about. <clears throat> it wouldn't be pretty. Mm. It'd be bad. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. And we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.